I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today, as always, is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Just all right? Yeah, just all right. You know, some some pre-wedding stress, but other than that, everything's good. What is pre-wedding stress? Like, are you stressed about, like, the venue, um, possibly getting the dress, uh, planning the bachelorette slash bachelor party? Like, I mean, mostly it's just that my fiancé keeps picking fights with me on Twitter. Define fights. I mean, he did call us... The Fox News of podcasts, which is, as far as insults go, pretty unforgivable. That's like so far. Yeah, I think I think that crossed a major line. I don't know. It's going to take a while to get over it. Now today he said that I had nice hands, which is cool. like I mean it's a little bit weird and a compliment I have not heard before, but I'll, I mean I'll take it. But I don't know if that makes up for comparing us to Fox News. Yeah, and he did tell me to include in the notes that he closed out to cl- the Geek Dudes podcast declaring his love for you. And you closed out your show, our show, yelling, who gives a shit what Chris Fresh thinks? Which is very accurate. I mean, Yeah. Also, also, he he closed out his podcast being like, oh, I guess I should say that I love Emily. So, you know, it, it seemed reluctant at best. You know, some people show their love in many different and elaborate ways. And maybe this is just fresh expressing his gratitude for you you know calling us the fox news the star wars podcasting like he has to think of that as the opposite because other than pangea what have we done (laughs) 
I mean, is this so? This is just him like pulling my pigtails. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that's possible. The nice hands thing came up because he just, for the first time, watched the video of the Steel Wars live fan fiction reading, which I gotta say, slightly insulted. He never listened to it before. Maybe he was afraid to because you know he saw you sitting on that on that bench or that <laughs> that chair and was like, "I think I'm in love." Worried that it might cause too many feelings. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, I mean it is highly erotic. Yes. That's a mixture of a lot, like emotions, sexual emotions. Um, Johnny taking his pants off. I mean, there's a lot going on. I still can't believe that Johnny did that. Yeah. I still, I still see those red undies in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, Johnny. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, he just didn't do it. He just watched it now. I mean, better late than never. But, I mean, it's a little, it's a little late in terms of being supportive, because that was out like a year ago now. Yeah, I mean, at least he's getting to know his future bride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. yeah, you can learn, you can learn a lot about me from that, I guess. And he gets to see you, you know, see your mannerisms. Like, you know, he's he's training for the Emily Olympics 2020. Oh, dear. What does that involve? <laughs> um, I mean, that sounds ambitious. A lot of reading. Okay. You can get like a gold medal in how many books you finish in a year. Um the other one is um, instead of running, it's like how fast you can write an erotic fan fiction. <laughs> okay, um, I do, I do. Oh, I realize I don't know anything about Chris Fresh's reading habits. That I'll have to inquire about. That's very important. Yeah, I can't have that if it's like the, if it's if it's like Johnny and the he hates reading thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I appreciate. A reader. I think Carlos once told me that he read all of um, Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, really? I'm like, oh my god! Like, I, I don't know. I just find that like mad respect for those who can sit down and like read like a long, long book. They're very good. I did this with my dad when I was a kid. Oh, that's cute. My dad read us Harry Potter, but my sister got scared, so we had to stop listening or reading it. But. She just started listening to it on tape, and um, now she gets all the Legos and everything. So for her birthday this year, she wanted Legos and glitter. (laughs) Just, like, packages of glitter? Yeah. Like, um, we we played this game a couple months ago where it was, like, it was kind of like, uh, it was this really old, like, I don't think it was a cranium game, but it was like, oh, like out of all these five things, you know, which one do I like the most? And we all had put like so much thought into picking our cards and she chose like 
out of the list like glitter that she loved glitter and then she chose that she loved pepper so for her birthday this year she's getting a target gift card some pepper and some glitter okay that's that's interesting take note chris fresh if you want to impress Brittany's sister get her like a huge box of glitter i guess yeah, or Legos. I mean, she does need a new, like, uh, her Lego table is full of Legos. Like, she has, like, the, the town set. And then um, on the second shelf, she has, like, all, like, the Harry Potter stuff. Or most of it. She needs she needs to get a bigger Lego exhibit. So, Emily... Other than Legos and Pangea and the Emily Olympics 2020, what have you been up to? How is everything? Um, I haven't been doing much. I went to a comedy show on Friday night after work. That was fun. Darrow Breen, who's an Irish comedian I really like, and it was very exciting to have him come to the U.S., which he hasn't done like as long as I've been living in New York, so that was cool. It was very good. He's very funny. Hmm. That's cool. Um, and I had Shake Shack, and that was delicious. Okay, so I saw you got the cheese fries from Shake Shack, which are, in fact, very fucking good. I, I like the cheese fries with the bacon. That's I like the, yeah, yeah. But I also got, they had a, um, they had a limited time burger, which is the, uh, Shack Meister Burger, which has cheese and sauce and fried shallots on top, and it was very, very good. Mostly, I just wanted like a huge basket of the fried shallots because they were fucking delicious. That sounds wonderful. Did you get a shake too? I didn't because I was going to go to a show afterwards, and I didn't want to feel sick. Uh, and if I do, food. yeah, if I do cheese fries and a double burger. And a shake. Their shakes are really rich because they're the custard ones. And I thought, I'm going to die. And I'd rather not be wanting to die while I'm watching this show. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like now I live vicariously through, like, people's, like, food pictures or, like, uh, if they're eating something. Like, I I'm, I've been dieting since before, uh, before the new year. So... Like, if I'm eating with, like, I was eating with Carlos last day. We went to Panera, and he got this, like, wonderfully smelling sandwich. And I just asked, like, if I could smell it. Because just smelling it is almost, like, for me, the same as eating it. Because I took, like, a little bite, and I'm like, it smells better than it tastes. So what have you, you what have you been eating? Um, well, I'm on Weight Watchers. So I've been eating a lot of nuggets from McDonald's. <laughs> um... A lot of chicken, a lot more fruit because I don't eat enough fruit and vegetables. What else have I been eating? Um, a lot of bowls. Like I go to Rubio's and get like a kid's bowl with like rice and like beans and chicken. Yeah, I've just been eating a lot more chicken. Like not a lot of breads, not a lot of cheese, but it's working. So I'm happy. That's good. Do you have like a goal in mind or? Um, yeah, I have a goal because 
I I did Jenny Craig like years and years back and like I I mostly got to my goal but then I started dating Carlos and I found my love for not only him but for food (laughs) so and the mixture of quarter life crisis and not thinking about what I'm putting into my body I turned into a house no I don't know I just I wasn't really happy with myself and I feel like now like I'm I'm slimming down a little bit and like I I feel better about myself like I I'm excited to like do like little things like I used to hate like getting out of bed and having like put on clothes and like go do something and I'm just like I want to wear everything and that I have in my closet or throw out the things that you know I bought because oh nothing else in my closet fits you know so okay well that's good yeah I mean that's the important thing is for you to be happy yeah Yeah, it's it's nice because, you know, I've tried like every every diet in the book. Like I've tried like keto, I've tried Jenny Craig, I've tried, you know, like 1200 calories a day. And I don't know what I'm doing now. Like I really like and it's really easy. So and it's not something I have to sit here and stress about. You know, it's something that, okay, I'll go eat this for breakfast and then I can have like five bananas or, you know, just like it's awesome. Well, that's more sustainable than. Like if it's something that you don't feel like you're super depriving yourself or getting stressed about, it makes it a lot easier to stick to it. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm really happy. But also it's like, you know, I'm I'm allowing myself like cheat days too. Like um, our, Carlos and I's anniversary is coming up. So we're going to a steakhouse. So and that's not like terrible for you. Like I think the worst thing I'll have at that steakhouse is like some like carrot cake. But I don't think that'll kill me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with indulging once in a while. Exactly. And it's so easy to, like, do that, like, Disneyland. Like, I can just get, like, a turkey sandwich or, you know, I can eat a bunch of fruit. Or even, like, Dole Whip is, like, low in points. So, I don't know. It just, it's, like, it's like so fun being able to be, like, I'm not restricting myself too much. I can still eat the things I like, but in, like, small moderation because I used to be able to eat, like, everything in sight. So, it's awesome. Well, that's really good. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. What else have you been up to? Um, I saw Onward on Thursday and it was really cute. Oh, okay. That's good. I couldn't, I can't quite gauge from the trailer whether I would like it or not. Um, I think you would the um it's kind of slow in like the beginning and it's one of those movies that like I hated how much information I knew about the movie going into it like especially like going to D23 and we saw a lot of like uh we saw at least like 10 minutes of footage there and I don't know like I knew going into it that it wouldn't be my favorite Pixar movie but it was still pretty good, but um, in the beginning they had it because usually they have like a Pixar short, and this time they had um, a Simpson short that was really cute. Okay, what is your favorite Pixar? Ooh, I'm really big on uh, Toy Story, like all of them. Like I can't pick. Well, if I could, if I picked, I would pick the second one being the best one, and then the first one. No, I take that back. The second one, the third one, the first one, and the fourth one. That's my Toy Story order. I don't know. I just... And Finding Nemo, too. Like, I feel like 
I always end up watching Finding Nemo for some reason. Like that's always, you know, my movie. But also Up is a phenomenal film. Yeah, it's great. It sucks because it's like some Pixar movies. Like I never was able to finish Wall-E. I still haven't seen. I forget if. Yeah, I still haven't seen Brave. I like Brave. I know some people who are really down on it. I think it's it's a cute movie. Uh, Bugs Life is fine. I'll have to sit down and watch that though. But recently, I was watching some old movies from the vault. I watched Sleeping Beauty at work yesterday, and like, I didn't realize how little Aurora speaks in this movie. Like, she has about <laughs> less than like ten lines. Yeah, it's not great. It sucks because. Once Upon a Dream is probably, like, one of my favorite Disney songs. Like, when I think of Disney, I think of her and Philip waltzing in the forest. You know? Like, that's, like, one of my all-time favorite, you know, Disney moments. And it sucks that, like, the rest of the film isn't really that good. It's interesting because I think it might be some of my favorite Disney animation like, I think it's an absolutely gorgeous film. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Maleficent is such an awesome design. And all the, like, the... When he's hacking through the the thorns covering the castle and stuff. I think visually it's really good. But I think it's boring as shit. Oh, my God. I know. And it, it sucks. Because, I mean, this is, you know, especially, like, Maleficent is, like, a big disney character it's like you go to the parades or you go to phantasmic and like she is one of the main stars of it you know they have that wonderful giant ass dragon that like spits out fire onto the water and then you know in the movie you only get like 10 15 minutes of that so and then also i watched snow white and i i i still really like that movie but oh my god animation has really has really picked up obviously the past like 100 years but it's amazing like seeing what animation was at that time i mean in general i really do prefer the the 2d animated style yeah me too i i I really do miss it but i mean and and partially that is probably because i grew up watching um, Snow White and Cinderella were probably the ones I watched the most. What is your favorite either vault film or just Disney princess film? Um, in, in terms of pure nostalgia, it's, it has to be Cinderella. Good choice. I mean, Robin Hood is my favorite one overall, but of the princess ones, Cinderella, because I love the mice so much. <laughs> Gus Gus. Who doesn't love Gus Gus? He's a cute, fat little mouse. He's adorable. Oh my god. I, I have to watch that, too. And you got the evil cat. Oh, Lucifer. <laughs> I love that the cat's name is Lucifer. Ridiculous. 
Oh, man. I love how uh, Walt Disney World has the ugly stepsisters, and they always have, like, so much sass, and it's so fun, like, seeing people get their pictures with them or something, or especially, like, uh, the evil stepmother, but... Yeah. Oh, that movie's great. I haven't watched that in years. Yeah. And it might have my favorite song, which is the, the it's Cinderella, Cinderella, Night and Day at Cinderella. <laughs> I, I really like the mice. Oh, man. I love that. Oh, and I just realized I really do like mice because my favorite Pixar movie is Ratatouille. Ooh. Partially because I like food so much and partially because Patton Oswalt, but... Have you had Ratatouille? Yeah. That's good. That's the dish, right? Yes. Okay, good. Good. Um, well, speaking of movies, um, not only did I watch Onward this week, but I also finished uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s Dolphin Tale 2. All right. What's 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 the verdict? Okay. So the verdict the verdict is spoiler alert. This isn't Harry Connick Jr.'s best film. Okay. He is a terrible dolphin dad. <laughs> because after Winter's dolphin companion dies, he kind of goes into, like, he doesn't really know what to do, so he does nothing. So the USDA inspector, like, goes to the dolphin place, and he's like, oh, like, the paint is chipped. Um, like, just, basically, Harry Connick Jr. isn't taking care of the dolphins. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe last week when you were saying that he was on crack, like, maybe, maybe something's going on, but... What Harry Connick Jr. has to do is be able to get Winter a companion in 30 days. So he's being mean to everyone because of it. Like, the kid Sawyer, like, had, like, a bad experience with Winter. And Winter kind of tried to attack him because Winter is upset that her companion died. But then, you know, they all start getting along again. And they're all swimming together. And then Harry Connick Jr. is like, no, that's a wild animal. Don't swim with her. And they're like, dude what the fuck is wrong with you? And then he tells them, okay, like we need to find someone to, you know, to be with her. And so that she has a companion for life. So thank God they, um, so they're having this party for Sawyer because Sawyer just uh, is going to this college for the summer to do this like program where he's on a boat and he's doing Marine stuff. But then at the party, they get a call Oh, this is my favorite part of the movie. So they get a call saying that there's a baby dolphin that needs help, that its mother abandoned her or something and she's stranded somewhere. So they run out and get her. And Harry Connick Jr. is just like, he grabs the dolphin and is like running to the water. And then he puts her in the water and everyone's surrounding the dolphin. And Morgan Freeman's like, wow, I've pulled Anchov- anchovies off of pizza bigger than that thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it takes a little bit for them to get along but then they get along and then the kid goes off to the school and it's like kind of hinted that like 
him and the little girl Hazel like have a little thing going on because when they're like playing with the dolphin, like they almost accidentally like hold hands, but they don't really get into it that much. But yeah, it ends happy. Like winter is good. Hope that's what they named the little dolphin is like her companion now. So they're swimming together. Winter doesn't have to move. The USDA says that Harry Connick Jr. is doing a good job keeping everything up. So everyone wins. Okay. So he becomes a, a good dolphin dad again. Yeah, he redeems the rights as being a good dolphin dad. Okay, that's good. I might be shocked if that didn't happen by the end of this movie, but... Yeah, and I don't know. I just, I, I understand that it was a stressful situation with, like, winter and everything, but also the lack of saxophones or any, like, music from Harry Connick Jr., it just didn't seem like Harry Connick Jr. That does seem like a big oversight. Yeah, so, I don't know. Good for him for making sure that the aquarium is up to standards and for being a good dolphin dad, I guess. So now that I have seen three Harry Connick Jr. movies, I will rank them. My favorite one is Dolphin Tale 1. My second favorite is Dolphin Tale 2. And my third favorite is P.S. I Love You. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I'll have to... Keep us updated as you make your way through the Harry Connick Jr. oeuvre. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. Family. What? Did you watch Clone Wars? I did. What did you think? Eh. I mean, I didn't hate it. Except I did hate parts of it. And... I don't know. I just, like... 80% of this episode was pew, 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 pew. And then I just get bored. Those droids are weird looking, too. I don't like the flying droids. I don't like the idea of it. I don't like the execution of it. I think it is really fucking dumb. And it made me tired. What did you think of the Clone Wars? Um, I thought it was fine. Um, I'm I'm ready for this arc to be over. I, I feel like, but also also at the same time, is it really over? Because I keep asking myself that because you know at the end, you know when they're getting the ship with Echo and they're like, oh yeah, just like old times, and Echo's like, yeah, just like old times, like dun dun dun. Like it definitely seemed very suspicious. I think Echo has to know about Order sixty six. I mean, there's got to be something going on, because otherwise, that's a really weird end to your episode. Yeah, I mean, because I was sitting there thinking about it, like, all the Separatists know about Order 66, right? 
I I have no fucking idea. I would assume they would because I just remember episode two and County Goose having that conversation with Obi Wan about you know oh what if you're being manipulated by the one thing that you're trying to you know whatever so. I'm trying to think what else from this episode that I liked. I mean, I, I like that, obviously, that they were able to, like, rescue Echo and that Echo is, you know, slowly, you know, getting better. And, you know, they overstay their welcome a little bit on that planet. But, you know, they were able to defeat most of the droids. Yeah, they... I feel like on this show, they drag a whole lot of people into a war that they did not want to be involved in. Well, especially Anakin, I feel like Obi-Wan is at least a little better in that sense. Like, I feel like Obi-Wan is, like, caring more about, like, the planets and about, like, the people on the planets and them trying to avoid the war, you know? Yeah, Anakin's just like, hey, yeah, my bad. I got I got a whole, I'm going to get a whole bunch of your people killed now. Sorry about that. Not great. Yeah, I mean, thank God we get to see, you know, some flaws of, you know, Anakin before he... He turns into Vader because it would be weird if like he was just this like perfect poster child and then all of a sudden like episode three comes and it's like, whoa, where did that come from? But I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's like the newly styled animation for Anakin, but it's like I could see the downfall already. Like there's just something about he just looks angrier. Yeah. It's definitely, like, more, like, dark, edgy, emo Anakin. Oh, the other thing that I thought is weird is... I mean, okay. We know that these clones have... genetic mutations that give them, like, whatever, whatever, whatever. But... With the super strong one, I feel like they've taken it a little too far into... He is basically like an X-Men territory. With the, like, when he catches the foot of the huge spider droid thing. And it doesn't crush him or anything. And he, like, throws it. Like, that's that's a little too much of being super-powered. Rather than just having, like, a genetic advantage. Well... Maybe that's what the Kaminians think is, you know, maybe they were trying to make, you know, clones like that who were, you know, very strong could, you know, carry those, those big droids, but like something didn't work out. Like there's a reason, you know, because ideally I think what on Kamino, like the people wanted all the clones to, you know, have all the personalities and the traits uh, or not personalities, but the traits of all the bad batch like you know one of them being like super smart and being able to recognize you know different species and different languages like i think that's genius like i think it's crazy that the clones don't have that now well that's sort of the the problem with this episode i mean this this whole the idea of the bad batch Is if you can make somebody that strong, why why wouldn't you just do that for your army? Exactly, and why wouldn't the Jedi like push for 
more advanced clones like let's say like the clone commanders like have this instead of like just the regular clones or you know like someone like rex like i want rex you know to be able to to carry giant droid to fly i don't know i was trying to think of I mean, it just seems that if you can make a droid who is as strong as the Incredible Hulk, you would just make, I mean, not a droid, make a clone that was as strong as the Incredible Hulk, you would make all of them like that. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, there's a Bad Batch. Like, what if there are more clones? Like, what if there's a clone that can, like, read your mind? Or, like, what if there's a clone that you know, it can run really fast. Or that's the thing about, like, kind of these clones are kind of like, you know, the X-Men. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel that it's not very well explained or defined. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Dave was thinking when he created the Bad Batch. And, you know, what inspired him to do it or who inspired him. Because I feel like something definitely that Dave always does is that he does something from, like, inspiration of something else. You know, like, the wolves and rebels, like, because he really fucking loves wolves. And, I don't know, maybe uh, a cowboy hat for Cad Bane because he wears a cowboy. I don't know. I... They used to have, like, the Rebels recon where they would, you know, the producers and, like, Dave would, like, go and talk about the episode. And I really wish they had that for, like, Clone Wars or something because that was one of my favorite things about Rebels was that after the episode you can go into how was this episode made? Why was this episode made? Like, what's it about? Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe they should do that on the weekly clone war show because i know that or not clone war show the weekly star war show because i know they do one monthly with andy and anthony and then they have the weekly one um with i forget what her name is but she's a the pretty redhead girl oh i have no idea yeah i mean it seems like with the ubiquitousness of those after shows now especially since you're you know a streaming service so it's not like you have to work it into your network schedule just like throw that just do something and throw it up on disney plus yeah that's true but also i think that they feel like they don't have to do it these episodes because you know people have been waiting so many years for these episodes that they feel like they don't have to explain themselves i mean honestly i mean that seems like all the more reason to do it yeah I don't know, but I, I don't know where we're getting next episode and I feel like I'm learning that as we go on because it's like I'm I sat here in the beginning and thought, oh, okay, we already got kind of this arc and this arc and this arc and they're just gonna finish it up and put it on the streaming service, but not necessarily. Like, they literally, I think, redid most of these episodes and added new commentary and added new plot lines, added, you know, Anakin, you know, added Padme and Obi-Wan, which I didn't think that Obi-Wan was in the original Bad Batch arc. And they got rid of, like, this scene where the Bad Batch had, you know, painted, you know, 
Padme on their ship and like said some like some jokes about her or something and I was interested to see if they were going to include that in the Clone Wars but they didn't. Dave actually Dave actually said something about that and that when they were like he didn't want that to be the only time you see a woman in these episodes. I guess that's true. Yeah, I forget what the one of the clones said. Like, she, I think he said, like, she can negotiate with me anytime or that's something. Gross. Yeah, so I guess props to Dave for taking that out. But yeah, I was really interested to see if they would put it in, but they didn't. But definitely, if this came out five years ago, they would have. Oh, yeah. But I mean, having that, I mean, it's a weird thing to put in your kid's cartoon. Yeah, it's it's Dave, so you never know. Um, but yeah, that was episode three of season seven of the Clone Wars. Yeah, I hope the next arc is something that I actually give a damn about. Yeah, me too. All right. I would, yeah, I would like it to be slightly less, um, like, pew, pew, pew based. It will, hopefully. I'm hoping that the next arc we get would be an Ahsoka one. Yeah. That would be good, but I mean, are they, are they doing more than one Ahsoka arc, or are they just doing the uh, Mandalore one? No, they're going to do one when she's um, in the underworld. Oh, okay. That that definitely has the potential to at least be something. Yeah. It should be. I, I think that should be good. I'm trying to think if there's any arcs. There was this, like, Utapau arc where they're, like, investigating, like, a murder or something. And I don't know if they're going to have it because it basically was just like an episode where Anakin's like, I miss Ahsoka. And that was like the big part of the arc. But I mean, it's only 12 episodes. So and we're already, you know, a couple episodes through. So I don't know like what they're going to use versus not. But also like they want to use as much as they can to you know, have the fans be excited and to add all this jam-packed action and adventure, but also possibly connect it to Order 66. And I don't know. I think that they're going to end it with uh, Order 66 and seeing young Kanan and him running away because... Mm-hmm. He's in Rebels. I don't know. I just I think they're going to show him somehow. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we know that Star Wars loves to tie shit in, so that would that'd be the one that actually makes sense. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they're going to end the Clone Wars this time. Yeah, 
that's always that's always a question, especially when it's you know like a big like comeback thing like this is. Yeah, I was perfectly fine with how they ended it last time with Yoda going on that journey to you know find out about how to be a Force ghost or being one with the Force, and I really thought that was a good ending because it kind of foreshadowed you know all the events of you know Ridge of the Sith and onward so that Yoda kind of knew that all this stuff was probably going to happen and I was okay with that so but I don't know we'll see we'll see how this ending compares to the others that we've received in the past years yeah I mean we still have a couple more arcs so yeah Um, do you want to get to Mendo now? Yeah, we can talk about Mendo. All right. Uh, this was episode nine of The Outsider. Second to last. I'm sad. Me too. What am I going to do on Sunday nights now? Yeah, I've really, I've really enjoyed this show, so it's a bummer. Yes. So this episode was titled Tigers and Bears. And the moral to the story of this episode is Claude's brother is a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically... Yes. He gets a whole bunch. He he gets at least one person killed. And puts everybody else in danger. So basically the more information that Claude knows, the more that the entity knows. So they're trying to, like, shield Claude away. You know, they take him to this fried chicken place. I do like that they have Claude be like, hey, I'm not a moron. I know what you're fucking doing. And he's yeah. like, he's, yeah, he's like, okay with it. And he gets why they're doing it. But he is sort of like, why don't, why are you making up a big excuse rather than just, you know, telling me, hey, you should go now. Yeah, I really like Claude. Like, I like that conversation that he was having with, um, what's Holly's lawyer's name? I don't remember the lawyer's name. But yeah, they're having this conversation. I mean, they have a couple ones. One's, one that I liked is when, um... When they're at the ch the fried chicken place, and um, Claude reveals that the he was Claude's attorney once when when Claude got into a bar fight, and and the attorney's like, you should you should actually take it as a compliment that I don't remember you, because it means that you're not completely horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I really like that. 
I I really like that fried chicken place. It made me really want fried chicken. I mean, I pretty much always want fried chicken, but... I just love, like, fried chicken sandwiches, like, with, like, a bunch of pickles and, like, a little bit of shredded lettuce. But I like when the shredded lettuce is, like, mixed in with the sauce because I just – I don't like just sandwich pickles or sandwich sauce, pickles. Like, I like it all, like, mixed in together so that every bite you get, you have something. Yeah, I get that. But – Anyway, so while this is going on, um, there, Armendo and crew are getting Claude because they think that they still think that Claude did that, try to kidnap the little boy, and so they're clearing his name basically. And um, while talking to the little boy, they, he says that. He wanted to take him to um, this bear cave, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, that bear cave has, like, history because in, like, the 1940s, there were these two boys got that got stuck in the cave and the dad got, like, a bunch of people to help get a search party, look for the boys, and then they all got stuck inside of the cave. Yeah, there, there was a cave-in and something like 20 people died. And then they they sealed off this cave, which is why it's not on any of the maps or anything. But it was Claude's family. So his uh, his brother knows like how to get to this cave and everything, and tells them. So we assume now that the entity is in the cave. Uh, Fucking Jack is near the cave. And also, unfortunately, they find out or um, that another little boy has been killed. Yeah, and there's this... The, this was I was actually surprised to go back to this, which is they have... You go back to the DA who was going after Terry and he hears the news about this kid and you know his his assistant never comes to him and he's like hey you know they they do they want to know if you want to go down to the scene of the crime and he, he he says he says no but then later in the episode we see him like going through crime scene photos and stuff and looking uh pretty upset because obviously this would you know be the you know final nail in the coffin against the case that terry is guilty since it's you know the exact same crime basically and we hear from glory that he actually tried to talk to her but she wouldn't talk to him because the whole, you know, she's suing him thing and they're not supposed to talk to each other. Yeah. And I really liked this scene when Glory goes to talk to Jeannie and, you know, apologizes for how much she she 
freaked out at the meeting where Holly was talking about El Cuckoo. And, um, you know, there's this neat thing where she's like, I, I can't believe in this, but I, you know, I admire or I, I respect how much you do. And I feel that goes a long way towards me liking Glory more. <laughs> Same. I I really like their relationship. And I like how she can come to Jeannie and be like, you know, I'm sorry that this is all happening. But, you know, I respect you and I respect your opinions about all of this. Like, I, I thought that was really powerful. Like, I understand how horrible this must be for glory you know going through like the loss of her husband and everything else and to think about you know all these people who go through you know this process like you know like you know that one girl where her brother and her dad were killed and like all these families are dropping dead and like I'm just so glad that glory like nothing's happened to those little girls yet or her I mean unfortunately yeah like some terrible shit has happened to her but you know they still have each other and i'm glad they do yeah um there's a lot of like great like one-on-one or like one-on-two conversations that are happening in this episode because we get the really sweet moments between holly and andy we get the great moment in in the car with mendo when he's talking to Eunice and um Polly and he and he's talking about how like like we were talking about last week which is if if this thing is true then his whole worldview is different mm-hmm. and 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 Polly tells him you have to take it one bite at a time which I thought was uh, that was a cool way to to deal with it and and sort of showed how these other characters are dealing with it better than Ralph is because you just accept this one thing that you have to accept and you deal with that and then you deal with the repercussions of what that means as you can. Because right now they just got to focus on the fact that, yes, there is this monster and that, you know, you can't you can't think about what that means to the rest of the world right now because there's a monster and you got to take care of it. So this episode ends, unfortunately, with seal telling claude everything that's going on and claude being pissed at him dude fuck that guy like i can't believe that he fucking did that yeah and it comes from this like wanting to to protect his brother and keep him informed of what's going on but man is it misguided and it's funny how quickly he knows it's misguided. But it's not funny because of the repercussions of it. Which is now the creature knows that they're coming. And has Jack set up with a sniper rifle. as we And we know that Jack is very, very, very good as a sniper. And so they are all going to the cave and they don't know yet that the creature knows because, of course, the Saurashepshin is super bad up there. So as much as Seal and, and Claude and Attorney are trying to call them and warn them, the calls don't go through. 
So they're all just standing in this parking lot, and then boom, Patty gets shot in the head. And it goes to black, and we hear a bunch more gunshots. So possibly other characters are dead, too. And here's the thing is, I do not remember who dies. God damn it. <laughs> that, that is how little this book stuck with me. Which is, I remembered that there was this big, you know, I remembered that it all ended at the, the cave. And I remembered the shooting thing. I do not remember who dies. Okay, so I don't think Ralph's going to die. I don't think Holly's going to die, but everyone else is fucked. (laughs) I think that's how it ends. (laughs) But no, Claude's okay. I I think that those three are fine. Um, Yeah, Alec's fucking dead. Uh, I think Andy is too, unfortunately, as much as I love Andy. And I love that little conversation they were having in the car when he was talking about movie quotes and she was naming the movie and when it came out and everything. And he asked her, oh, was it a good movie? And she's like, I never seen it. Yeah, that's such a. That's such an interesting character beat. I really liked it. I just really like them. Like, can I like we have a show with them just sitting in a car like quizzing each other on movies or him just quizzing her and just watching their relationship bloom into magic and love and all this stuff I love how just completely accepting of all of her issues that he is I know like he doesn't he doesn't question it he doesn't push her he just knows that that's who she is it's it's wonderful seeing the way that he looks at her it's like he's looking at like perfection and it is just so beautiful to see that yeah especially since we know like her backstory and that it was always that you know oh there's something wrong with me that I just just having somebody who thinks that she's amazing, I really like. Yeah, I really do like that. But unfortunately, I know next or tomorrow or tonight, technically, I'm going to be very sad because I know that Andy will probably be one of the ones that will not make it. I, I wish I could remember. Are you going to watch it tonight too or are you going to wait? Uh, it's sorry. I don't know. It depends. We'll see. Kind of mood I'm in. That's good. Oh, um, honestly, maybe part of the reason I remember is I don't, I don't know that there was this whole. I don't think that Andy was a character like this in the book. Really? No, I don't think so. I think that might be why I don't remember him. Do you remember what Andy was like in the book? I don't know that he was in the book. I mean, I believe oh. there was like the there was the the character who she originally gets the information from. But I I don't I do not remember if there was a relationship or anything. Which makes me think that there wasn't because you think I would remember that, but I also I have a terrible terrible memory. Mm, that's okay. 
But this episode was really good. I I love I love getting to know these characters. Like I love what this show is able to do. And also Stephen King, you know, he writes some very interesting and descriptive characters that, you know, whoever's doing this show picked wonderful people to play these roles. And I don't know, just everyone's doing a really fucking good job. It's great. And I've, I've loved the, uh, more emphasis that we've gotten on Claude in these past couples. I've been waiting for that because I'm like, why do you hire Patty Constantine if you're not going to do anything with him? Because he's an awesome actor and if he's just going to be like hanging out in the background at the strip club, that's a little bit of a weird choice. But now they've actually given him stuff to do and I'm very glad for that. Thank God he's out of the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm happy, but also sad that we're getting this finale because we don't get a lot more Mendo after this. Man, it's been really nice to have weekly Mendo. I know. I feel like it's made up for our lack of monthly Mendo movies. Yeah, we really need to go back to that. We... We really do. Um, is there any Mendo movie that you you've wanted to watch? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything like I was really, really excited to cover. Oh, I still want to watch that. Um, not very good one that. Ryan Gosling directed Lost River. Oh, okay. Which again is apparently not very good, but I kind of want to. I want to check it out. Yeah, well, I, I think we should. We need we need more Mendo in our lives, and especially you know, we've been doing this weekly for the past you know nine weeks, and I feel like we've gotten to know Mendo so much that just I want to keep on going. Yeah, like we could do, we could do a season of Bloodline or something, but God damn, that show's depressing. Maybe. What other shows is he on? Is he in any other shows for a long period of time? Um, I don't think so. I, mean, I know he was on some, like, Australian stuff, but I don't know how much he was actually on it. Too bad he's in, in some, like, soap opera, so we can just, like, watch, like, a couple episodes of that. That'd be really easy. Well, it'd be hard to find would be the issue. Ah. Uh. Yes, that is also true because we don't live in Australia. No, actually, at some point we should uh, do Rogue One. Yeah, we should. I'm surprised we haven't done that yet. I mean, I think we were going to do that 
for one of our milestones, but just we didn't time it right. Or yeah, we were gonna do like a commentary, and then we just didn't. We'll have to do that sometime. I mean, we're at one thirty-four. Uh, one fifty is kind of like oh, one fifty, you know. But maybe, maybe, maybe we do that sometime if people want to hear us talk about Rogue One. I mean, here's the thing: is we could record it like any time and then put it out at one fifty or something. Yeah, there we go. That I think would be the way to do it because if we're just gonna be like, we need to just set a time to record it and then we can deal about the release of it later. Because I feel like that is gonna take a while to edit because you have to make sure everything syncs up correctly. Yeah, this might be an off podcast conversation. Now nah, let's keep it on. <laughs> hey so i saw a couple weeks ago that you were watching the disney fairy tale weddings oh i watched like i mean by watching it i mean i watched like one like one of them did you watch season one or season two i don't know i watched whatever came up when i first searched disney fairy tale weddings so what kind of wedding did you get there i don't i don't i don't know it, they were Somewhere they were annoying. Um, they were very young. I don't know. It was whatever the first episode was. I started watching from season one, and I got a couple who got married at the Epcot China Pavilion, and it was the uh husband's dream to get married at Disney. And I thought that was awesome because usually, you know, it's. You know, like for me, like I'd want a Disney wedding and like all this stuff, you know, yeah, it'd be cool getting, you know, married in front of the castle or something. But it was his dream. He was like, I love Disney. I've been to Disney World over 30 times. Okay. Oh, the one I saw was they were on, they were taking a cruise and then they were getting married on the Disney Island. Ooh. I don't know if I want to get married on a Disney Island. Like, I feel like I'm more of like a parks wedding person. Carlos is literally shaking his head at me right now. <laughs> Stay because, strong, Carlos. Because we were watching it last night and he was just like, how much is all of this? I mean, it's got to be astronomical. Yeah. And especially like with like the food and like to have your wedding at the park that has to be around seven eight thousand dollars but also like you have to pay for the food and that's probably another like three four thousand dollars because each plate could be anywhere from like fifty to two hundred dollars per person and and i'm sure you have to you have to use all of their vendors for everything but also like i'm sitting here watching the show and i'm wondering who's paying for all this are the people paying for this or is disney paying for this because i flip back and forth because it's like some couples it's like they have like hundreds and hundreds of people and then like some people they only have like you know like five people from their family or something so i'm really curious to see like if like this is like a contest and like oh if you win you get a free disney wedding or if it's like disney contacts them and says hey we're doing a special like do you mind if we uh do your wedding or record your wedding i don't know my my guess would be some sort of like it's not completely comped but there's some sort of i don't know like discount or something because they're filming it 
Yeah. Also, it's interesting putting in perspective that either if you're getting married in one of the parks, you have to get there either right after they close or like before they open. Because like there is this one woman who is getting ready for her wedding at like two o'clock in the morning and like got married at like six or seven in the morning. Like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Like if I got invited to a wedding that was at six o'clock in the morning, I'd be so fucking pissed. Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. I'd go. No fucking way. What if it was a Disney wedding? You wouldn't go to a Disney wedding, Emily? At six o'clock in the morning? No. What if there's candy? Like, it's all, like, I can buy candy for a lot cheaper than I can go to a wedding. Like, I already, I already view going to your wedding as an obligation. If your wedding is at 6 (laughs) a.m., you can go fuck yourself. My wedding is an obligation. Oh, that's nice. But no, I tell- like, oh, like okay. everybody's wedding. A wedding is an obligation. I was going to say, well, my wedding. I'm like, well, thank you, Emily. But I don't know. I'm going to have to Emily proof my wedding to make sure that it's fun and make sure that everyone's I always. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need, I don't need fun. Fun doesn't enter into it. I need good food and booze. Okay, I can provide that at my wedding. It's never gonna. It's never gonna be fun. Maybe if we add like activities or. Like, oh my uh... god! No. <laughs> Ugh. Activities. Ugh. Gross. Uh. That's like forced fun, which is the least fun of all. <laughs> Look, you have your wedding. You invite me to your wedding. I come to your wedding. I pretend to have a good time, and we just we agree to live that lie. I don't want to live a lie with you, Emily. I want to live in total truth and honesty. No, that is a com. That is the wedding compact. Is you don't really want to be there, but you do, and you pretend that you enjoy it. That's what weddings are. That's the thing, though, is that I want my wedding to be different, and also like I want your wedding to be different too. Like I don't want people to be like, "Oh man, like I hate weddings," but it's Emily and Fresh getting married. <laughs> I have to go. You know, like I want people to sit there and be like, "I'm excited to be here." Like I want to be here. I want to li- witness the love and passion. Oh, and they're booze. just. I mean, that that's just coming to like expecting that there's going to be some sort of fucking disaster or something. No. We won't come into that to see if it turns out to be a train wreck. No, it won't be. I mean, that's gonna be like that's gonna be like the the soap opera wedding where like something dramatic happens and the wedding doesn't end up taking place. Well, dude, no, I watched uh, Love Is Blind on Netflix, which oh my god, you all need to fucking watch that train wreck. So basically, these people are together. In the pods. So, like, they're in separate pods. They're getting to know each other. And they have to propose to each other in the pods. And they can't see each other until they're engaged. And then after they're engaged, they only have, like, four weeks to plan their wedding. That seems totally not insane at all. And then, so they plan their wedding and everything. They get the dress, they get the venue and everything. And when they're at the altar, that's where they decide if they want to marry each other. See, I feel like maybe television shouldn't exist. <laughs> oh man, but it, 
it's a pretty good show. I, I, I feel like every week that we record, I keep forgetting that I've watched it because it is just such a, a wonderful, interesting show. Like, there's this scene where this woman, she's talking to her fiancé, and she's sitting there with a glass of wine, and then her dog's sitting next to her, and then she has her dog drink her wine because apparently the dog likes wine. And it's like, where the fuck do you find these people? I think she should have her dog taken away from her. Yeah, she wasn't very nice. She, Her her fiancé was really nice. And the only thing was is that they were 10 years apart. Like, she was 34, he was 24. And she kept mentioning that. Like, she's like, when I'm 50, he's going to be 40. And when I'm 60... He's going to be 50. Like, she just kept mentioning that. And she's like, oh, Mark is everything I've ever wanted and more. That's a red flag to me. And it's like, what? What? I mean, I think the red flag is the person is on a show to get married to somebody they've known for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that is a sign that you are not a person who should be getting married. Probably. But back to Disney weddings. Where would you want if, if you and Fresh had the opportunity to have a Disney wedding, where would you want to get married? Not at Disney. But that's the thing though, is that you can go to Epcot and it's like you're not at Disney. Like you can't get married at the Italy Pavilion in Epcot. And like it's it doesn't feel like you're at Disney. Well, if it doesn't feel like I'm at Disney, then why am I getting married at Disney? I'm just I'm, I'm throwing I mean, is, ideas is, into is your brain. Question, is the question if I could get married at Disney, where would I want to be married? Or if you have to get married at Disney, where would you get married? I just want you to answer the question. Where are you getting married? I mean, first of all, I don't fucking know Disney well enough to answer that. I went to Disney once when I was like nine. Well, you're seeing some of these venues. So do you ever just like sit there and think, oh, I can imagine myself getting married at this venue or, oh, like I can imagine like me and Fresh standing there. Like, you know, don't you sit there and like, what do you think about when you watch these? Just how annoying the people are? I mean, basically, yeah. (laughs) I'm Um, like, I just want to get like, I want to get married in a park somewhere or like garden. I'm happy to get married like in my parents' backyard. Like, look, oh. this is a conversation that Fresh and I will have to have, but <laughs> for our very, very real wedding. But no, like, that's not, I don't, nah, no, it just, just sounds stressful. Well, that's the thing is that you, all you have to do is just tell me the place and I'll be there. I'll set it up. So all you have to think about is I have to show up here this time to you know for dress fittings or i have to show up here to get my makeup done or i have to show up here to you know test you know what i want the wedding cakes to taste like or what you know food tastings i mean that's all i really want i want the food tastings and the cake tastings i don't here the thing is i want the pretty pretty dress but i know how much of a hassle like getting the pretty pretty dresses and i want to magically skip all of that I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> so, like, if we could, like, build an exact replica of me on which we can do the dress fittings, that would be ideal. Yeah. And I can definitely, you know, put something together, you know. 
Like, I feel like we live in, in 2020. Can't we do like a, like a thing where you do like a 3D scan and then it all just happens on the computer? Yeah. Okay. That's what I want. I guess we should probably, before a venue, we got to figure out how many people are coming. And then we can pick an appropriate size venue based off that. Yeah, and I'll do the seating chart. Okay, making sure that there's no, like, potential fighting going on. Yeah, my sister isn't invited. (laughs) Okay, that's good. She might cause problems. Yeah, because you never know, you know, especially at weddings. Yeah, Yeah, I don't want to get left at the altar for your sister, particularly. That'd be pretty sad. That'd be rough because it's like, like... I don't know what I would do because, you know, it, it's my sister, but also it's you. So just, I think I would just like run away and not talk to anyone for six months and then just. I mean, it might put a damper on our podcast. Yeah, but then like our podcast, like if people would like watch it every week and make sure like, oh God, like what's going on with them? <laughs> Could be an event. I mean, we'd have to really hope there was some serious Star Wars news. Yeah. Well, yeah, there we go. Oh, man, I told Chris I was going to be maybe nice to him this episode. And then I, I think that didn't particularly happen. I mean, you're wedding planning, so that's nice. I mean, yeah. I guess. Well, now I want to ask Fresh if you were given the opportunity to have a Disney Parks wedding what Disney park or Disney location would you want to get married in? And also to all of our listeners and friends, if you were given the opportunity to have a Disney wedding, where would you want to get married? And also, Andy's getting married. So, Andy, if you're listening, where would you and your beautiful, wonderful fiancé want to get married? Would you want to get married in front of the castle on Main Street? Would you want to get married in the Tiki Room? Would you want to get married... In the line to Pirates of the Caribbean, like there's, or the Haunted Mansion. Like, I've seen some really beautiful pictures of people in front of like the Haunted Mansion or getting their like wedding pictures done. I think that's fucking stunning. But I don't know. I maybe think somebody didn't, somebody just get married in Avatar Land? Probably. I'm not surprised. I'll have to look it up. I follow I I the, just, yeah. I follow the Disney weddings or something. They had like a little booth at uh, D23 and I was like, oh my God. Uh-oh, should we be worried? Nah, he's prepared. Are you going to get married on the Cars ride? No, we're going to get married in the line in Autopia. No, I don't know. I, I haven't asked him yet where like, where theoretically like he would want to get married but he really liked the the main street, like being able to like see the castle and everything. Um, I don't know, maybe not Galaxy's Edge. I feel like that's too like on the nose for us because I feel like we would want something Star Wars because we were we were discussing it last night, like how you know Star Wars had definitely like really brought us together. So definitely we would have to incorporate you know some Star Wars, but like class to it too because I love like classic Disney magic and like. Combining that with Star Wars, I think, would be really interesting because, like, I'm I'm already thinking of 
you know, what stuff I would want in my wedding. So I'm just interested to. I'm not like, I'm not super big on themey, themey weddings. Like, like if that's your thing, like fine, go for it. But personally, I wouldn't want more than like, Oh, here's a, you know, with a cute little wedding topper. That's about as much theme as I want to go into. I don't even like wedding toppers. Like, I just want, like, the feel or, like, you know, like, maybe it's just, like, little decorations, but not, like, too on the nose, like, the I love you, I know, like, just something that just, like, reminds you of, like, Disney or Star Wars nostalgia or, you know, like, music. Like, I love, like, the classical Disney music that you hear at, like, you know, the hotels or, you know, in certain places in the park. Like, I would love to put that, I don't know, because I love the the fact that like weddings are you know you go to someone's wedding and you can be like oh like this is so this is so emily or this is so fresh you know i just love seeing like your personality like shining on your event but also that sucks if you have a really shitty personality <laughs> or just anyone <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean can your wedding be monster themed yeah they could just play like the monster mash on repeat no, I'm kidding. Um, then there you go. That's a that's a haunted mansion wedding right there. Is that the you know you could get married where the ghosts follow you home, so you just hear that like all all throughout your wedding. These ghosts will follow you home. Oh, like ghosts of my regret. I don't know. I mean, I do, I do, I, I, I should say, I, I quite, I quite like Chris Fresh, in you general, do. in general. Despite how it might sound, to the contrary, if you, you know, listen to our podcast and the words that we say, but most of the time, that is in response to very mean things that have been said about us and aspersions that have been cast on us on his podcast. And occasionally by his co-hosts. Yeah, I don't know. Time will heal all of this pain and anguish. And we'll all be fine. Yeah, and, and you should you should listen to the Geek Dudes. It's it's very, very funny. You should listen to it with headphones on because it is Super dirty and inappropriate. Way dirtier than our podcast. Yeah. I mean, they sit there talking about, like, the bench or, like, masturbation habits. Like, we don't talk about that. We don't sit here and talk about, hey, blank was the last time I did the, you know, like, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. talk about, yeah. I don't talk about, like, being on a masturbation sabbatical or whatever the fuck Chris was talking about in their last episode. But I don't know. I mean, look. We haven't even done a fuck, Mary kill in a long time. Yeah, we haven't. We've been, like, we've been pretty clean. Yeah. Just wedding planning. Wedding planning is just so pure. And simple. And appropriate so that means the geek dudes will take over our 
25% of the time dirtiness and incorporate that into their podcast. Yeah, I think really they're dirty enough for the both of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe we've wrung about as much out of this wedding planning talk that we possibly can. Possibly. We might we might have run that one into the ground a little bit. Which I'm fine with because that makes it funnier to me. But I don't know if it makes it funnier to the people who listen to this. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, maybe if stars would throw us a bone and have some actual fucking news, that would be helpful. Also, maybe if Star Wars stopped being fucking ridiculous, then maybe we wouldn't be sitting here planning a wedding. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what, we're going to fucking talk about the fact that Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker is a clone, and that the that instead of having that in the movie, they have it in the novelization of the book, I mean, of the movie, then, then you know, and that's that's n- not the fault of Ray Carson at all, because no. she was, you know, writing before the movie came out and writing with the information about the movie that she had, and it was J.J.'s choice to take out the explanation of Palpatine, because apparently they thought that wasn't relevant to the movie in which Palpatine comes back, but whatever. This was the fucking reason why when J.J. got onto this movie, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for J.J.'s mystery box movie. I don't think anyone was fucking ready. Like, I just can't believe that we're still sitting here getting, you know, because it's right that we're, you know, I don't know, just this movie is just so, like, frustrating, or just everything surrounding it is just so frustrating. Like, I missed when The Last Jedi came out, and we were just awing over how beautiful that was. Like, what the fuck happened in translation to, or just... I don't know, like, here's, like, I mean, yeah, he's a clone, and apparently his son, Ray's dad, is also a clone, and... I mean, partially, yes, I do think that's stupid. But I think it's more stupid that we didn't find that out in the actual movie. I don't know. I just... I I want Star Wars to learn from this. And to... Like, I just don't know what happened, you know, from after the last jedi like that's that's my big question is why did they stop like did they think it was too balls to the wall like did they think that you know it was too ryan did too much like were they looking at like the fans reaction to it like i just i don't get it because from from last jedi like the last jedi like i felt like all those movies before that I was in the peak of Star Wars, like, you know, especially in Star Wars fandom, like, I was so involved, like, I was really excited to see where Star Wars is going, and, like, now, I don't know where the fuck it's going, because everyone's online bitching about this, and everyone's harassing all these writers, people are being fucking awful, and just, I don't, what the fuck is going on? 
I mean, my frustration is after the Last Jedi, which like look does have its flaws, and and I think some some people have criticisms of it that are that are pretty valid. Um, but I fucking love the Last Jedi, and I think it was in a whole bunch of ways, really pushing Star Wars and moving it forward. And the Rise of Skywalker decided, no, we're not doing that. And I was so excited after The Last Jedi because I felt like, oh, Star Wars is willing to take risks and Star Wars is willing to grow. And I'm so happy about that. Not only was this a great movie, but it sets me up to be really excited about what the future holds. And then... This movie comes out and it's like, nah, nah, we're not gonna do, we're not gonna do any of that. And it just, it's not just like I didn't particularly like this movie. Like I didn't particularly like Solo, but not particularly liking Solo didn't make me worry about the future of Star Wars, like Rise of Skywalker did. I don't know. Like, I think that seeing that Lucasfilm was able to release a movie like that, knowing of how flawed it was, made me fear a little bit what they were going to do with Rise of Skywalker because they also didn't really get a lot of time with Rise of Skywalker. You know, with Solo, they had, you know, the director change last minute and that they were still going to release it in May. Like, I don't know. I just think that they're they're not making like the best decisions or it's like, you know, they're moving too fast or maybe it was Bob, but excuse me. I just, I don't know where star Wars is going. And it's like, it's weird. Cause it's like, you know, I've always loved star Wars and it's just, it's weird not knowing what path star Wars is going to take me on. But at the same time, it's like, I fucking love the Mandalorian and what they're doing, but these movies, it just, it's like, I don't know. And I feel like also they're trying to please the fans. Like they saw all these people that, you know, hated the Rise of or hated uh, The Last Jedi. But then it's like all these people hated Rise of Skywalker. And a lot of those people who hated it hated it because like Star Wars, quote, isn't recognizing Raylo's a thing, which they don't have to fucking do that if they don't want to. Like, I just, people want so much from these movies and they just want so much in general that they bash these movies because they're not getting what they want. Well, I will, I mean, people are also bashing them because they don't think they're good. I don't care. Like, I'm fine with Star Wars not giving me, like, particularly storylines that I want if they're still making good movies. Yeah, but I don't I don't like this argument of, oh, well, you were just going in expecting that and they didn't give you that. So you hated it. And like, sure, that does happen. But it's not like that's the only criticism of these movies. My criticism is of it is, is that, you know, we have so many questions after, you know, seeing the last movie and then we get into this and we start asking ourselves all these questions. Like, that's why JJ shouldn't have done this fucking movie is because everything's a fucking mystery box. Like, there are still probably some things from The Force Awakens that I still don't fucking know about. Like, how the fuck did Maz get Luke Sky or Luke's lightsaber? Like, oh, like, is Finn Force sensitive? Like, I don't know. JJ doesn't fucking tell us that. And it's like, I like the movie. But, like, that's my problem is that I went to that movie being like, yeah, it was good, but I didn't love it. And, like, that's the thing that these Star Wars movies are missing now. Like, I'm not coming out of the theater being like, I want more, inject this into my veins. I'm leaving being like, I don't not want to, I, I, I don't want to not like this. 
because I feel like I should because it's something Star Wars I've loved for so long. It's brought me, you know, so much happiness in the past couple of years. And it's just so frustrating that these movies keep coming out and they're not a work of art. They're just a science project. I feel like that's what J.J. did to this. Like, this wasn't made out of love. And I feel like that's what Star Wars is. That's what Ryan put into Star Wars. You know, that's probably what what George put into Star Wars for a little bit. But also, like, I don't know. It just it's It's so frustrating seeing what Star Wars is now and seeing all these gross fans, you know, harass all these writers or just... Hara- just seeing harassment, seeing all this shitty behavior, it's frustrating as hell. I, mean, I don't know. It's like, because I really like, I really like The Force Awakens. And I don't like it now as much as I did when I first watched it, but I still really like it. But the problem is, JJ is really quite good at setting things up and terrible at conclusions and any sort of actual follow through. Yeah. I don't know. I just want that magic back. And I don't know if I'm going to get back from the movies. And like that that does suck because Star Wars has been like a big a big thing in my life, you know, ever since I was like 9 or 10 years old. So I don't know. I mean, shit happens. Like it's at the same time like it's just a movie but also like it's so much more than that it's you know friendships with other people relationships with other people you know getting together to discuss this with you know friends and family you know like still doing shows for it like people make livelihoods of it and it just sucks when that stuff isn't fun anymore or you know it's affecting your health or your mental health like (laughs) yeah I just I don't know like I really really want ryan johnson's star wars movies and uh, i mean at this point like in terms of the movies that's all i'm excited for and maybe when they actually announce the next movie and the next director it'll be somebody who i really like and have a lot of faith in like if we if they actually do make a deal with taika i'd be fucking thrilled i don't even care like he can make whatever the fucking movie he wants i'll go see anything that dude does but if announcement's just like, hey, you know, Ron, um, like Ron Howard's making another Star Wars movie about whatever the fuck, that's that's not going to help me in my Star Wars fandom. I agree. Like, I know what kind of director Takia is, and seeing how much effort and how much love he puts into you know movies and everything is like really beautiful to see and it's like I want someone to do that to Star Wars like I want Star Wars to be treated well like I'm seeing Star Wars in like a I don't know it's like I I just want Star Wars to be happy you know it's like you have that friend who's with that like shitty significant other and you're like you know break up with them like you're so much better without them like that's why I'm for Star Wars. Like I want Star Wars to get out of this rut because it's like I know what Star Wars is and I know what it's capable of doing. And right now it's not doing what it's capable of doing, and it just sucks seeing that. But maybe this is what Star Wars has always been. I don't know. Like maybe Star Wars has always been, you know, with with these fans, you know, especially during like the prequels. Like so many people bash the prequels and you know said awful things. 
you know, especially to like Jake Lloyd, like Jake Lloyd probably lost years of his life because of all the shit he got from this movie and Ahmed Best. Ahmed Best yeah. went through awful, awful times because of how people reacted to him in this movie. And it yeah, sucks. I mean, D- Jake Lloyd has some has some other problems and some some, you know, mental health issues that probably would have been the case no matter what but it seems like star wars destroyed his life yeah and that's directly because of the star wars fandom and that's um pretty fucking horrific It's horrific to me being a Star Wars fan, like knowing what other Star Wars fans are capable of doing. And it just sucks because, you know, you can you can talk to like a person at work or person or something and be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. And like seeing how other people perceive Star Wars fans as, you know, doing stuff like that to Jake Lloyd or that, you know, it's like I don't want to be in the same category as someone who's sitting there spreading hatred like it's it's just so fucked up and it's like how do you fix it like i'm a fixer it's like i always if i see a problem i want to fix it like how do you fix star wars fandom you fucking can't how do you fix star wars you you fucking can't unless you're a male in the director's chair because that's all who they're hiring now is all these dudes directing movies like when the fuck is a woman gonna direct when the fuck is a person of color gonna direct a movie you know like People aren't given the opportunities to do these things because they're different and Star Wars doesn't want that. And how do you continue supporting something that isn't able to cross those boundaries and become different or do different things? Like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah. I mean, I I mean, that's, that's the, the, the issue that it comes down to at the end of the day is it doesn't matter like how much I like these movies or it doesn't matter how much I like love the Mandalorian or any of that. Like Star Wars is not my friend. Like it's a fucking corporation, which are, I mean, inherently shitty and bad and are going to do shitty and bad things. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I want positive change in fandom and Star Wars and everything. And I'm hopeful that we'll see it. But I just feel like these last couple months have been really dark. Yeah, I mean, like I wish the Mandalorian were on right now. And then I could watch that and be excited about it and be happy about it. But especially because we don't know like what's happening with the movies right now it's 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 just sort of hard to get like hyped for anything exactly and disney has a new ceo so we don't know if he's gonna you know press the go button on everything like he might want to hold everything star wars like you don't know like we don't we don't know anything i mean we didn't anyways and we don't but just 
I don't know. I just I'm I'm craving some positivity or some news or some hope. And I feel like that's what Star Wars is is hope. And I want to feel that. I want to feel that optimism and everything, but I don't know, just right now, just Star Wars just seems like so negative. Like there's just like this like terrible rain cloud with thunder and lightning over Star Wars and I just I I want it to be sunny. I want to be able to, you know, wear my spring dress and walk around outside and not fear that it's going to rain or that, you know, I'm going to be hit by thunder or lightning, you know. I always enjoy your metaphors. Thank you. I think you're the only one who does. (laughs) I don't know where that rant came from, but I don't know. I just. Yeah, maybe you should start a YouTube channel. No, I'm not that annoying. But yeah, I, I think I think we should end it on that. Just hopeful. Huh, well, is there anything else you would like to add to this episode? Um I don't think so. I guess I'll say I love you, Chris Fresh. That's fine. We'll say that. Because otherwise he's going to fucking bitch at me again. Yeah. Um, And also Fresh, I'll release the the photo sometime. So I'm offering a peace offering. There you go. That's nice. Yeah. All right, Emily, where can we find you and the podcast on social media? Uh, the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod. You can send us email, CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Um, you know, send us whatever you're thinking about in Star Wars or whatever. Or send us a fuck, Mary kill. We haven't done one in a while. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. How about you, Brittany? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. that it yeah that's it thank you everyone for listening uh we will talk to you guys next time bye bye here we go Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls e and deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop
drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches, all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies, Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch with Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team and had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream that made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo and throw back some brews Fish tacos in San Fran, you know we approve Rebecca from Perth, I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fushi, dude, I didn't forget This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches Rabia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse be it scum and villainy King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson, boo This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games, and refresher bangs Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts Take your CBD, send in your top threes And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him, Eric.